Hello and welcome to Psychotherapy. I am your host, Jet Dunlap. Today is a very special episode. This is episode six. It's also our first guest. Our first guest today will be Gina. By the age of six, she was already a professional athlete and went on to do professional ballet till the age of 20. She danced with companies in San Francisco, New York, and all over this country and all over the world. And she's going to talk to us about getting started on a new activity, whether that's losing weight, whether that's a new job, whether that's a new relationship. How do we get started on something that we've been putting off? We go over how we've in our own lives and we hope it helps with you that episode starts now four three two one okay i'm in the squeaky chair so you know that means it's time for psychotherapy with jet dunlap today this conversation kind of started out of something that was actually just happened right and i my wife and i were on a walk and uh, i was talking to her about how a lot of us who are trying to start something new in our lives end up getting this kind of feeling let's say for instance you want to start something and you either leave your work go somewhere else you you decide to do something that you haven't been doing prior and so obviously the thing that started you to want to do it was a positive thing what happened after that was the fear set in so i talked in the last podcast about the potential of and i'm not trying to convince everyone to quit their jobs because that's not going to work for a lot of people who have situations where they have a family and they have insurance but mostly when people come out and they're seeking self-help or personal development or any kind of you know self-coaching it's uh to conquer something, you know, to start something, to initiate something you haven't had in your past. My conversation is going to lean that way. And what we're talking about now is there's something you want to do. So that's exciting. I want to get in shape. I want to start a new job. I want to pursue my passion. I want to take an improv comedy class. I want to learn how to do pottery. I want to paint. All of that is positive. You wake up the first day of trying to pursue that and you're like, okay, I bought an easel. I bought a paintbrush. Obviously, in this class, you're doing improv. Now, this would be painting. And then you go, what do I do? So that's what I was just talking to Gina about. And uh, maybe Gina can help us out with that a little bit. So Gina, in your case, when you decide that you're going to do something, I need to start today. What, what is the initial feeling? Dread. <laughs> okay, right. So dread, dread. That's perfect. Okay, so well, can you think of a recent example of something that you wanted to do? And the original desire was, again, a good thing, but then... It ended up becoming overwhelming the more you pushed it back. Not anything specifically, Mm -hmm. but just mundane, everyday kind of things like, oh, you know, I have to make, even (laughs) even making a to-do list is on my to-do list a lot. Absolutely. Um, Like the bucket list, you have to first buy a bucket. Right. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just, just normal things like making a doctor's appointment or household chore kind of stuff like oh the recycling is full i have to you know make an effort to go to the place and it's just those kind of things that that i think of i sometimes write them down but often not um and then they just became become a nagging thing like either on a list or just in the back of your mind they pop up from time to time and it's like oh i should have done that i haven't done that yet Uh, i have to do that and it's just, that's why it becomes, even if it's, if, if it's an inconsequential little, uh, thing that really has no impact or, you know, relevance in my life in a greater sense, it just becomes this thing that I dread doing because I've put it off for so long. You said a lot of really interesting things there. One of them is that you make a list or you don't make a list. You sometimes make a list or you sometimes write it down. Now that's really important because 
The only way that tasks actually get completed and have the catharsis of a finishing is by putting it down on paper and then crossing it off. Everyone knows the satisfaction of like, I did that. Even you know that. The problem is if you don't put that in a place where you can physically see it every day, like people who are calendar people, they just do that every day. People who are used to a routine or if you have a job, you have your to-do list, right? Right. When you have it and even if you write it or you don't write it down, and you don't see it every day, like you slip it into an envelope that's inside a purse that's inside a a lockbox at the bottom of the sea, the problem is you know you need to do that, and now it is just sitting in the peripheral of your head, nagging you. And just what happens is the the recycling becomes a thing, the doctor's appointment becomes a thing, and guess what happens? After all those things start to mount up, what happens when you think of one of them? Then you think of all of them. And you become? Incapacitated. Right, overwhelmed. So Mm -hmm. that's the thing is that when I was fortunate enough to learn very early, and you know my story better than anyone, but to journal. And journaling became something that led to me having, like tracking, you know me and tracking. Lists are the same way. When I write a large amount of things that I need to do, and you start ticking off those small things, it's the same kind of a adrenaline spike that you'd get from, you know, finishing a, a workout or something. It's a routine that you're changing from having that garbage in your head. It's funny that the examples you use are literally health and wellness, which is mm-hmm. the doctor's appointment, and then recycling, which is, you know, literally garbage. So the things that you're, you're basically telling yourself, these are the things I'm worried about. I'm worried about the mental health of my body because I have so many tasks that I've stored in my head that are overwhelming. And if you see someone with a glazed look in their eyes, when you, for instance, let's say you go to a new mother, a woman who is a new parent for the first time, or even a father, and you go, how are you doing? And you see this look in like their eyes retreating into the back of their head. And they're like, they look like they're looking for the answer yeah, for how they're feeling because they're so overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, yeah. Right? So those tasks become the same thing. I think the other thing is that a lot of those types of tasks don't have a deadline or right. a timeline. Okay, well, I have these things on my list, but there's no definite time I need to have it done by. And so it just becomes a thing to be put off for another day. Now, something that's really fantastic about what you said there is that you find this a lot in millennials and that you're a millennial. And that's not a dirty word at all because millennials doing a lot of incredible things and they're about to turn 40. So it's not not you. But in general, they're not as young as people think. But what happens is that whole I don't I don't want an adult, you know, no adulting. adulting. Right. Mm-hmm. So. That is something that ends up being a situation where certain people are in specific circumstances where when it's supposed to happen in your life. So, for instance, let's say in your early 20s, like myself, you're supposed to be getting vitamins and checking things off your list and going to the grocery store. Me living by myself made that very easy. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you never live by yourself. And there most people haven't. You know, so you're not alone in that. But you don't learn that these things become absolute necessary things or you will just starve. Now, if you stop eating food, I'd starve, but that's a totally different situation. But the reason that's so interesting is because that is basically what they're saying when they don't want to adult, which is everything that's not a job, you don't have to do. You can smoke cigarettes, shoot heroin, stay up all night, eat chocolate, and do whatever you want until you explode. Your free time is your own time. Everything is, you know, especially in this country, whatever you want to do, you can do. You know, we we were just watching Chernobyl the other day, and you look at Russia. Or not do. Right. Well, that's the thing. You look at Russia, and these people who are like, have these jobs, and this is their job, and they do this job from when they're 16 years old till they die at the ripe age of 40 years old, you know? That there's almost a ro- romance in that, right? Because but, there are these set channels and you don't have to worry about anything outside of that because right. it's not an option to you. And your expectations are very externalized. Mm-hmm. So in that culture and in a lot of cultures where it's go to school, get a good job, get married, and that's the pressure that those people feel and they fall into that. Not that it's a bad thing. 
but that's already set and they they don't even realize that they're they're fulfilling a pattern that was given to them by their parents or whatever pressure they had and so they feel like it's a job but for most of us and i fall probably more into the definitely more into the millennial category even though i'm a year off that is that you're done with school congratulations here's life no instructions right you know, if you want to pursue your dreams, go ahead, but we're not going to tell you how to do that. If you want to get a job, go ahead, but we're not going to tell you how to do that either. There is no college goes to a job there. It's not that it doesn't exist, but it exists, exists very seldomly and it's economic. I mean, if right. you're in the top one or 10 percent, that's there's a path. And, but, and in specific fields. Right. But in anything artistic yeah, if you want to be an architect, or, creative, a, or things that, you know, that we have personally pursued. Uh, pursued have all lacked structure and that makes it very frustrating because sometimes even when you want to work or you, you want to be doing something productive as far as building you know a career or a future for yourself you just go well what do I do now right. who do I talk to what is the next step because it's not a linear process right well even for people so there's the path that you can take voluntarily like we were saying being an architect a lawyer a plumber a teacher any of those things here's the steps abc gets you d and d is this job and then when you have the job guess what you don't show up to work you're gonna get fired so again it's like school and it's really easy to follow right but it's not just people in the arts when someone graduates from college and maybe they don't want to go into the arts but they have a feeling you know both of us have experienced at different points in our lives and a lot of the people we we know of experience, which is, I don't know what I want to do. I know that the things I've done aren't necessarily what I dream of doing, but because it's not easy to get a job, I don't know what I do with my days, you know? And so where do you find structure in that? And is structure necessary? What I've said is that absolutely it is, because if not every day, you're going to be overwhelmed by anxiety yeah. because you're not, if you're not doing anything, the human body and, and our psyche and our existence rejects that. That's not how we're built. Our 20 million year old brain, as it's been said, is, is not used to a, it needs some kind of action. Now, a lot of the times the actions that we'll do are not wonderful. You know, to a lesser extent, it would just be playing video games and, you know, certain things that are not positive. At the worst extent, it's drinking and shooting heroin or because those things are going to, you know, give you something to do. Those actions will immediately make you feel different than you did in the morning. So you'll feel like you had some kind of experience. And then when you go to bed at night, you're like, okay, well, that wasn't a waste of the day because I did something, even though the actual thing you did was negative. What do you do if you're a person who doesn't have a job, a person who is pursuing their ambitions, but your day to day life is not regulated? What do, what do you think the answer to that is? I think you have to hold yourself accountable and force some type of, okay. or in, install some type of device where you can do something with regularity because otherwise it just, I know for myself, it, it, it compounds over time. Right. Like it's not that big of a deal at first, but then as the hours, days, weeks, months go by, it suddenly becomes that you're, you feel more isolated and you feel right. like there's, there's some invisible barrier that, that is pushing you or pre preventing you from moving on to pursue something. And then you will escape into your homeostasis. You will escape into what your normal routine is, even if the routine is not positive. You know, and people we know and the people we hang out with, the case maybe you're working out or, you know, uh, whatever the routine is that is not bringing them the satisfaction that they want by their ambition, they will fall back into that because it's easy to ignore what it is you want to do if you're doing what you normally do. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And in our case, exercise is another one of those things. And not to say that we haven't had extreme success in different times, but especially right now during the summertime when things slow down, you know, we're not over because Gina in our life is overwhelming busyness for 
months and then zero, nothing. And people who are in the entertainment industry, people who are, you know, most people today, gig-based people, people right. who have a job, contractors, that's our other job, contracting. So it's either overwhelmed with busyness and then, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get food. These are easy things to do. I'm going to work around the house. Recycling was an interesting example too. If you look at it as kind of a mental movie, you let the recycling pile up to a point where it's insurmountable, right? So big that you can't move it anymore. Mm -hmm. That's what these emotions are like. Right. You wake up in the morning and you have so many things that you've been ignoring that your stupid monkey brain says, not yours in particular, but our stupid monkey brain says, we can't do any of that. So we won't do one of that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, and that's obviously grammatically the worst thing I could say, but my point is, is that if one of those things is move shiny metal from place it is to other place, and then it's also go to the doctor, be a better person. Right. It know? all gets lumped into a single thing that is too difficult to tackle. Yeah. So for instance, on my to-do list right now, one of them is get a PhD and the other one is like, get a haircut. So, but you know, it's, it's like both of those things end up being in the same category and I'll wake up in the morning. I'll be like, I look shabby. I don't want to get a PhD today, you know, and that doesn't make any sense, but right. that's what ends up happening. Someone will wake up in the morning and they'll think I need to change the oil in my car, but my God, will I die alone? I haven't met the person I want to marry. Uh -huh. And the thing is, is that you've put all of that on a category in your heart, in your soul, and just, it's this ethereal cancer. But unlike cancer in this case, it's something that you can move one brick at a time. The reason it's so important to write it down, and I was talking about homeostasis before, is because the tactile sensation of actually eliminating something, saying, here you are, goodbye, crossing it out or yeah. erasing. I like crossing it out because I can then look at my list. Every time I open my list, here's a bunch of stuff crossed out. Erasing mm -hmm. it just gives you more room. That's why I don't like doing it digitally. Uh, right. Erasing it just gives you more room or a whiteboard to say, oh, okay, well, now I have the same list again. It's like it's like a Twilight Zone nightmare. You know, it's like uh -huh. Sisyphus. What is the name? Sisyphus. 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 That guy who rolls a ball up every day. Our neighbor. No, that guy from Greek mythology. You don't want that. And what I recommend when you make that list is the first thing has to be so easy. Yeah. So it has to be like, my shoes are on my couch and on the top of my TV and on my head right now. The first thing I'm going to do is take my shoes off my head. The first thing on my list is always something so ridiculously easy that I've checked something that off. That it's more effort to write it down <laughs> than actually Almost, do it. right? But I mean, you we even joked about the, you said, and I love this, and I hope everyone who's listening heard this, because I know all of you would laugh and have experienced this, which is for most people, and I'm a freak in this, to make a list is overwhelming. My wife, Gina, knows I love making lists. You know, I love seeing befores and afters. I, I make I make lists for shit that I don't even need to do. That yeah. I'm just like, this is just stuff I want. Ooh, I can't wait to get a new pen so I can write dumb stuff down. Like Most when, like when you ordered a uh, calendar, uh -huh. a fancy calendar with yeah. a leather cover and you're <coughs> giddy yeah, well, to get it, it in like the mail. <laughs> but I couldn't wait to get all that stuff down because mm -hmm. I track everything. Well, here's the thing too. I had to learn very early because of my dyslexia and my ADD. My brain has... I look at my brain as a file cabinet, right? And it only has so much room for this kind of information, stuff that's, you know, in the realm that you would have done well in school. So uh -huh. uh, what would you describe that as? A general uh, general knowledge? You know, just doing things on a daily basis, that, that kind of stuff that, you know, I just was never good at. So I always had to write it down immediately. Like, you know this about me too, yeah. because I know that I won't remember it. So because of that, when I got that book, I spilled all the stuff that I was keeping on my phone on little notepads next to me on business cards. I spilled it into that calendar and then it's off my head. 
So that becomes my satellite consciousness, yeah. right? You're, you've also developed a good habit of doing that consistently, whereas I have the intention of doing that. I'll get a scrap of paper or a notebook or something, and then I'll go, all right, what was I going to write? <laughs> right, right. And then I feel like I, I, I just like search my brain and try to, and I, you know, I, I, I consult, like I write my notes digitally on my, on my phone and stuff. So I'll look, look on there and then I'll just, I'll just try to think of like rack my brain for what it was that I needed to write down. And then I'll get as much as I can remember. And then I won't do that again for a month, um, which is complete was, is it's not productive at all because right. I'm not looking at it. I'm not updating it. It's like, I'll, I'll get a desk calendar once a year, usually, yeah, I remember and then you had me order a desk and then I'll I'll fill out you know great. everything I have going on for the month, and then uh, after that it just sits and collects dust. Well, it's funny because I I hear a lot, and I've been listening to a lot of personal development and talking to my friends who are in this industry, and and they talk about journaling, and even my friends who are very very good at this, they even maybe speakers, they have they always talk about how they have all these beautiful journals with no pages in them, you know. And for me, it's the opposite. I'm journaling in my phone. I'm journaling in my rock climbing journal. I'm journaling in my calendar. I end up doing it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Here's why that is the case with me, is that you will, you will take, and I'm not any different than anyone else in this case. Once it becomes a habit, and there are neurological, um, I said homeostasis earlier, once the neural pathways in your brain are in a canal that is changed, and you can actually do this, it will feel to me, like the telltale heart, right? So mm. I'm thinking about my rock climbing journal and my calendar and how I need to put things in there. Mm. And I'll come home and even on our walk, I thought of a couple of things I have to write down that I need to do. So then I have to get it off me. So my body is used to, I just look, look at if you, you can't see me, the listener, but I'm writing in the air right now with my hands because my body so much wants to get it off of my head and onto paper. So that's something that happens when you take that first step, mm -hmm. you know? And what you're talking about is, you know- Well, I, I think the other thing for me is that because I've done it, I've made a calendar on a whiteboard. I've done, you've oh, yeah. done it so many, beautiful calendars. so many different ways. Beautiful calendars. Um, but I think that, that for me, it's when I look at, and especially the weekly or monthly calendar, where I, I, I fill in what I have as far as appointments and things. And then I look at it and it's like two things. Right. <laughs> so because there's so much blank space and because I don't have... You know, I'm not like, oh, I'm busy with this and I'm booked for this and I'm scheduled for this. And I, f it makes me feel I don't have anything to do. And then I get discouraged because right. of that. Yeah. Well, one of the things, too, you need to know about Gina is that Gina is the hardest worker in the world. If you have a job, there's no one who's ever worked with you, whether you're working as, you know, a head bartender in an event or you're working when, you know, when we just do wedding planning. You are a maniac when, when you have a when job. When there's a task. Right, yeah. right. But even if that task is not clear, like the wedding, you took control and you just said, this is how it is and this is how it is and we need to do that. Yeah. That's day of. And I'm good at making lists for that. So right. When there's, because that's external. It's Exactly. That's right. what it is. Right. It's a job. Mm -hmm. And most people think, well, if I had a job, I would. Right. Now, in my case, I've learned how to do things as a business, but that's a different kind of head. But let's go back to what we were talking about there. One of the things that I noticed that you were talking about is the difference between tasks and calendars. Okay. So my calendars, when I have a, this is, I'm going to read it right now. So it's, it's a lovely little thing that I got from Amazon called uh, weekly and monthly planner. I thought that was going to be more interesting. That's not interesting at all. Um, it is, however, a 2019, 2020. So it starts in, uh, in June and it ends next July. Are you guys as excited as I am? 
Um, in any event, what it really said at the beginning is it didn't really say this, but when it was shipped to me is that it was a uh, it was an academic calendar. So every page, this is the important thing. So every page on the weekly part has enough room. It's got a lot of lines for the day and then it's got the master calendar in there too. This is important because on the actual calendar page where you're looking at the whole month in a glance, right? Mm -hmm. I put key things like 4th sure. of July, we're going to, um, you know, Dodge oh, my again. brother told me not to mention dates. Oh, I said 4th of July. If you're listening to this in December, you'll blow up. Sorry, <laughs> it's it's going to be July, 4th of July. Sorry, Stephen. My brother criticized me about that on one of my podcasts. Anyway, I digress. Um, so you go to the calendar page and you can see your big events, right? So right. it's like holidays, appointments, appointments, dates, meetings, whatever. stuff like mm -hmm. that for me. Okay. And then in the detail parts, I'll have more of my tasks and things I need to do. Uh -huh. Now, what's interesting about what you said as far as a task sheet is a task sheet. You either cross it off or you don't. You look at two things and you go, okay, well, I have two things. I can ignore that. What I did yesterday, and it's important you hear this. We were talking about how I get back into school so I can go towards my ultimate goal of getting my doctorate, right? Which, by the way, if you knew me, it sounds like the most preposterous thing in the world. It's like me saying, I'm going to flap my arms really hard and fly around the world. That's how crazy it is. But the way that starts is me talking to an academic counselor and I had to write that down. What did I ask you for? I asked you for the number. I asked you for the information, the building, right? Yeah, and what, I put it in my calendar. And I put in what to ask as well. Right, exactly. But Just what did I do with it? Do you know what I did with it after you told me that? You posted it on the fridge and you put it on your calendar. But I put it under my calendar under Monday. Uh -huh. So on my phone and on my calendar here, it is for Monday. Now, what is the difference, do you think, between having it on a task board or a fridge? Oh, it's like a, it's a deadline. So it's, you're, you're giving yourself accountability. Here's another thing. You're absolutely 100% correct. Here's another thing that I have a lot of experience with, with being in management when I was in corporate America and managing even as the companies I've had. When I have to physically move that task from Monday to Tuesday, what do you think that makes me feel? Badly. No, no, it doesn't. It makes me feel more urgent about the task. Okay. Bad would be a way of looking at it as if, because if I do have to move it from Monday to Tuesday and I have it on my calendar, it's not like I ignored it. Uh -huh. Something came up, right? Or, okay, you know, I see. Do you so see it's what I'm kind saying? of reinforcing that it's, it's reminding yourself a little bit too. And if you have enough stuff that truncates over, so mm -hmm. eventually if you had like, let's say 10 things to do and you know, Monday through Thursday and stuff just came up. Let's say it was a good thing. One of your friends surprised you and said, we're taking you out of town to Palm Springs for, a, you know, a girl's week. Uh, this is in my <laughs> that case. That was for you. Right. That was in my case because they like a bearded dude um, for a bearded lady. In any event, let's say that happens. So it's a good thing because I don't want it to always be negative. It's not a doctor's appointment or a death in the family. I'm uh -huh. thinking about that a lot, but that's not what it is. So something great happens. It gets pushed over to Friday, right? You probably will get it done on Friday. Now that's the Parkinson's principle, which is tasks grow in proportion to the time allotted. So on a Friday, you'll be like, okay, I'll do all these things. So it still got done in the same week, but you had a really good thing happen. But because you had to move it to Friday, your brain thinks this needs to be done on Friday. Yeah. That's a powerful thing. I think the other thing that might help is just what you were talking about, and sure, like, I can see it visually in front of me, but your academic planner thing that you have. Where, I'm actually, it's on my lap right now. Where for you, where you were dif see. differentiating between the, you know, the multiple lines per day versus the entire calendar. Using the expanded weekly calendar where yeah, you can write things in. Yeah, that's a better in, word, expanded. I think that something that might help me is to not write like my daily task things, mm -hmm. but instead write at the end of the day what I did that day. That's another huge thing. So for that... Because that would bring me motivation and that might propel me forward to continue doing the task. It's a slippery slope. So ideally that is a good thing. And you know I do that because I have sobriety calendars. So every day on my sobriety calendar, I have to write that I pledge not to drink. And then at the end of the day, I write whether or not I did drink. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's just a tick off thing. I used to do this in my journal before I had this calendar. You, what I try and do every day is write 
-huh. or do photography. So something that has to do with my industry, right? Or do something with my work. Now, that's good, but I also have something that tells me what to do that day because what might happen is, and it takes a little, I would just say even to start, you have to write something you have to do that day. Because if you're used to it, sure, you can just write a big list of what you did, you're self-motivated. No one on earth has to tell you to go to the gym. But at one point in our relationship, we had a calendar, do you remember, with gym days? And I saw it one time when it was packed away, and there were very few gym days. It huh. just wasn't a routine. You can look at it. I can't it's in remember that far back. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, know, I know, exactly. That's an exact example. It's become so much a part of your homeostasis right. that you're going to go to the gym. When I ask you when you're leaving, what are you doing? I know you're going to the gym, and that's just it. There's no discussion. That's what's going to happen. That's how these kind of things happen, but it takes a while. And there's actually you know, science to how long that takes. So the, the positive thing for everyone who listens to this, including you, is that if you start it, you break that week barrier, uh -huh. you've done something that only 10% of people do. You break the two-week barrier, you're in some rare air. Once you've broken that two weeks, though, you're about a week, week and a half away from not being able to stop. Where it gets complicated is, and this is what happens with most people in fitness, and even us to a lesser extent, is that the dreaded vacation uh -huh. or the dreaded the, something work that upsets busy. the routine. Right. And this happens with parents like, well, even more. And even when we, you know, recently when we did our uh, Mount Whitney hike, yeah. it was like the week or a couple weeks leading up to it, it became all encompassing where we had to get all the stuff and make all the plans. And then we were like out of our rhythm for oh, <laughs> like yeah. a week us. or longer after that. It was just this complete, I almost felt like I had a cold or yeah, something. Absolutely just from that change in our routine. These kinds of uh, these kinds of things become more difficult as you get older. So because you're so used to the things you've done, it is harder to move those. That whole idea of, you know, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. That has been shown in science that it's not the case, even with dogs, not just metaphorically. But it is easy to fall into routines because time doesn't have the kind of overwhelming sense of eternity that it did when you were a kid. So things just kind of whip by. And, you know, I said it not too long ago. This is a great example of it. Our absolute best friends we'll see them twice a year yeah and we're like oh my god that can't be true you didn't see your uh maid, maid of honor, honor yeah. and my best man <laughs> who happened to be together and we're like oh yeah we see them pretty regularly august and december yeah is about when we see them but the point of it is i would say a takeaway here is that no matter what it is you're trying to do start with writing it down even if it's just a couple things and it's something super super simple on the list i'd say probably out of a list of 10 have two or three that are just really easy but even put on your first one and this is for you gina write a list uh -huh. and then at the top <laughs> of your list cross it off now my fear for my wife to me is that i'll see her list and it'll say write a list and write a list will be checked off and there'll be nothing else there well i think for me too that because i'm involved with you obviously right um, romantically as my wife right yeah <laughs> you know not just fin financial uh, partners at the office but yeah. I, I think that it's it's easier to have a sense of accountability if I post that so that you can see it. That's important too, and you nailed it. You're absolutely correct. When you start something, it's just like having a gym partner. There's no question that when I was a fat, fatty, fat, fat, and I'm sorry to all you fat, fatty, fat, fats <laughs> out there, but I was one of you, so I've, I have reformed. I showed Gina a picture today of me and oh my god if you like before and after pictures please give me a ring no matter what it is if it's the growth of a tree or the progress of a you know a project i'm doing or my body my favorite one i'd be happy to show you but you see me in 2016 17 18 and 19 and that feels like absolutely no time went by right now yeah right but when you look at it, you're like, oh, my God, I remember being that heavy and now that out of shape, starting at over 210 pounds. I remember looking at you when yeah, you were that heavy worse. Oh and my I was God. like, oh, is he going to be yeah. able to do this? Yeah, but don't worry. She doesn't compliment me now. It's just insults and then no compliments. Um, but uh, 
But what I was going to say about that is that to started, I took my fatty fat fat picture and I knew that was the start. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And what did I do? Who did I have take that picture? Me. Spoiler alert. It was you. Yes. Yeah. So in case you didn't know. So I recommend that if you're not in a relationship with someone, just find a friend. Make sure you're accountable to someone who you trust, not someone who's just like you. Because if it's someone else who... You then just... you both won't be accountable. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like having someone who's drowning help you, you know... Uh, rescue you it doesn't work so a drowning man cannot help a drowning man or woman um no let those men drown um in any event my point is is that find someone who you're accountable to and trust me even they will want you to help them out with something even if they seem like the most amazing person in the world to you and they'll appreciate it because if not it is really easy to push it off and i will tell you that once you've done that it becomes more and more difficult to start again um, but coming from a guy who's quit drinking and quit smoking and quit a million other things and even been on the last three years on this incredible fitness journey, the time that it takes to get to where you're trying to go will go so quickly if you document it. For yeah. some reason, it is exponentially fast, right? So, so if you start something, the last three years of my life, it seems like it happened overnight. I mean, it seems so rapid and the doing of it, it was difficult, but it happened so quickly. And you have to kind of start not with the end in mind. I think that's a little tough for most people, especially in weight, is that you look at silly, silly things. Like I said, cross off that th first thing on your list. And even if that thing on your list is make a list, if it's weight loss, lose two pounds. You know what I mean? And then after that, you deal with what's next. And maybe that's another two pounds. But don't look at losing what I've done, which is like 50 pounds and then putting on a certain amount of that in muscle because that didn't happen in that didn't happen in that sequence for me. And it's not going to happen in that sequence for you. It has to be that simple little task, that one step thing, and then you go to the next thing. Okay. Good okay. Talk. Did good talk. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening again. And uh, you got to hear from the lovely, the talented Gina. Didn't she look beautiful today in audio? I look forward to talking to you next time. And thank you for listening.